This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to another edition of 50 Years of Chelsea. Uh, For those of you who have uh, yet to have been discovered in an Amazon rainforest, uh, we've been doing, uh, mostly on the main Monday night show on the Chelsea Fancast, we've been uh, in lieu of no football to talk about until, of course, they started playing again. Um, We've been talking about uh, a season. Uh, each, Each week we do a different season starting in 1970, when, of course, Chelsea famously won the FA Cup final for the first time. Uh, So we've been discovering what happened to Chelsea in every season since then. And we are now up to 1981-82, which, as we were discussing last week, is somewhat of a nadir for Chelsea. Uh, Don't worry, folks, it gets worse. Next week's worse than this week. This week is pretty bad, but next week is worse. And then it gets better, all right? So there is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but it's been great fun. It's been a fascinating journey, really, through Chelsea's history and roller coaster uh, of a club that they are. Uh, and as ever, apart from me, your old Uncle Stamford Chidge, uh, I'm joined, of course, uh, by the uh, second lieutenant, Mr. Jonathan Kidd. Thank you very much, sir. How are you, dear boy? I'm very good. I'm uh, I'm energetic. I'm uh... Uh, I'm keen to remind myself of this great season of ineptitude, and um, uh, and I shall be doing that. Good man. It's great to have you on board. Of course, Jonathan uh, shares a distinction, I would say, that is unique to the regular Chelsea fancast mob, what I am honoured to do shows with during the week, in that he is the only one of us who... Um, actually, we could have started this in 1960, and he would have still been going... But he's he's been all the way through every season. Jonathan's been at matches, and I I, I mean I'm I'm still in the I haven't quite got there yet camp. That's how shit I am. Yeah, 
you know. Anyway, um, a few of you will know that we've, we've kind of like missed a lot of the regular mob out, actually, over the last few weeks, largely because they probably weren't born yet or they hadn't started going, so they could contribute the sum of fuck and all to the programme in the nicest possible way. Um, and, of course, this is exactly why I've got the lovely Dan Silver back. Dan Silver... I think this was his first season. It was your first season at Chelsea, wasn't it? It was, well, first half season because um, my grandpa died New Year's Eve, 82. And I started going from that point onwards. And I've got my old school shorts on, just like the old days. You Good know. man. Yeah, my knobbly knees fall to see. Well, there you go. So D- Dan is, is, is now re-qualified to join the 50 Years of Chelsea Chelsea Fancast show because he was going then. Uh, and you'll you'll see a few of the other regulars filtering back in. As we go on, uh, the youngsters amongst us will will be, uh, you know, finding their way back in. But it's great to have Dan on the show. Uh, we had him on the main fan cast the other week, so it's good to have him back on that too. <laughs> so there we go. So we kind of left left it last year, end of uh, nineteen eighty one season. Uh, Chelsea finishing twelfth. Uh, you know, it's it, it, it John Neal's uh, not quite come in yet, and it was all a bit gloomy. Jeff Hurst goes. A lot of people said, "Thank God for that." But I mean, as ever with Chelsea at this time in their history, Jonathan, we kind of have to have to start with the context outside it, which is just parlous, parlous, parlous financial situation. And I think this, this season, Chelsea announced an operating loss of three hundred and fifty grand uh, plus debts, uh, 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 you know, the, of the stadium development and loans running into millions. They were they were losing thirty grand a month. It was, I mean, they were bankrupt, literally, weren't they? Well, as we soon discover, they uh, um, it was it was sufficiently uh, dreadful for um, the chairman to resign, uh, Brian Mears, and um, uh, Viscount Chelsea took over. Viscount which, Biscuit, as we now call him, as we used to call him. But the 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 anomaly of the situation, of course, was that he was immensely rich, and could in fact have bailed the club out at any time, uh, and then have become the owner in a kind of. Um, pre-Abramovich, Abramovich uh, uh, situation, but chose not to. And uh, you you begin to worry in this instance whether, in fact, um, they had other nefarious ideas, some of them. I, it's uh, Allegedly, it's difficult to cast aspersions upon them as the directors, but it seemed, um, it, it, it seemed slightly peculiar when they sold the ownership of the bridge to a property company called SB, and uh, and Chelsea were obviously looking for ground share options, and um, uh, so it it was in such a parlous state that uh, um, the whole thing was very likely to come tumbling around, t- tumbling down around their heads very soon. Um, uh, but at the time, they decided, in fact, that they would uh, change manager, which and and clearly got somebody in quite good because not only did they get John Neal in, they got. Ian McNeilin, who'd been the uh, the manager who had um, uh, had plotted their downfall against Wigan um, um, in the FA Cup the season and a half beforehand, so uh, amidst this madness, they actually made quite a good um, a managerial decision. I mean, you know, I, I wonder, <clears throat> you know, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird, isn't it? Because it was a very good decision. Who on earth? Having made some stinkers, it was quite bizarre. Mind you, they didn't they didn't know at the time they had made a good decision, really. Well, did but they? he was apparently, wasn't he? I think the only m- recent manager yeah. who had been been in a football league manager. Yeah, exactly that. Um, so, so let, let's go back to to Brian Mears. I mean, you know, he 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 steps down 
in June. John Neal comes in in June. Um, you're right about um, the the you know effectively selling the ground to Stamford Bridge Property Company, which of course David Mears, a lot of the Mears family had a, had a majority stake in that, didn't they? So yes, yes. Now, which, I, which is also slightly due. I think the brother had a third. David David Mears, Mears had a third. Had a yeah. third of the shares in that. Which is already alarm bells are slightly. Well, ringing. that's what I, I wanted to ask you about because I, I mean, you know, my my recollection of this is a bit hazy, but I do I do remember it, see because what I'm saying is I mean the, the the issue with this actually rumbles on for a good ten years, um, you know, as as many of you will already know, but was it around now that the the whole kind of Fulham Park Rangers uh, issue, you know, we were like it was kind of mooted that we might merge with Fulham or QPR. Was it around, yeah. was it 80, 81, 82, or was it a bit later? Well, I actually think this whole kind of thing was, was, was bubbling under even the season before. Mm. It was a kind of, you know, as much as we don't get, it, it, you know, we don't get fed the same kind of information we get fed nowadays via social media or even speculation, but amongst fans, uh, there was always the feeling that the club might go under and that we would be, moving to Fulham and all my Fulham all my Fulham friends said we don't want anything to do with you we don't want to we, we don't hate wanna... you we hate yeah, you we, yeah 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 and we said uh, we don't hate you because you're shit although actually they were probably better than us at the were, time yeah they were better than us you couldn't really say that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or had they gone weren't Fulham in the third I don't then? know mate I don't remember I, can't remember. I, can't I don't remember. remember they had a few seasons where they just remember Rangers of course were on a high yeah they were Rangers got to the uh, the, the cup final right. that season as we will reveal as we later will, as we will as we be will discovering uh, Dan um you know, you would have been about what, 10, eight. 11, eight, eight years uh, old? Eight, eight or nine, yeah. Eight or nine. Was... So hardcore hooligan at those, in those days. Yeah. Um, I mean, now as an adult, with the, with the benefit of hindsight, you know, what, what do you think about, uh, you know, the, 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 the parlous state of the finance? And of course, bringing John Neal in. I mean, as, as Jonathan said, you know, at the time, nobody knew he'd be a great signing as a manager for Chelsea. And in fact, it, it took another couple of years really to actually fully understand that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, what what did your old man, your granddad think? And you, were you aware of this as a kid that it was? Not really. I mean, I think I know. I remember um, well when Hurst got sacked. I remember seeing my dad brought the newspaper home, and the back page said Jeff Hurst sacked. I think it might be in the Evening Standards. I didn't really understand what was going on. I just knew it was something I started, my dad and really enjoyed. And he said, "Well, listen, there's you know." We may not be here forever because I think he had a feeling that we might go to the wall. Yeah. So he said, you know, <clears throat> don't, he didn't say in so many words, but we would say, oh, you know, I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to go for because there's lots of stuff going on with I the think, club. Chich, that- part, of the, part of the problem as well was that because the crowd trouble was so dreadful, is you actually thought that the whole club would be somehow put into a kind of perder. There was a kind of rumble all the way that you just yeah. thought, well, they'll ban all the fans and there'll be no money coming in, so it'll all completely fall apart. Yeah. And then there was the, the the dreadful idea, well, if you did go to Fulham, they'd be just running battles with Fulham or Rangers every week yeah. for taking over their stadium. It was a kind of, of, of you know, dystopian worst-case scenario was constantly coming yeah. up in discussion. Well, yeah. I mean, th- this this will, will will reappear later, but I think it's a, that's a really good point, JK, that, that, that this... This season particularly does need to be set against this backdrop of, I would say, arguably the nadir of the hooliganism too. I mean, I know there was a lot in the 70s, but it got really nasty in the 80s, didn't it? It got to the stage for me that I would always leave. I never used to leave early. I would leave 15 minutes early 
Really? So that I would avoid avoid uh, coming into contact with anybody coming out of the shed in case I got kicked. Because we were we were sat we sat in the east stand. I always remember. Yeah, what, me too. Me too. Yeah, we used to sit right next to what was the old director's box, and my dad literally five minutes to go would say, "Right, we're going to the end of the row," and we'd never go to the final whistle. But we'd make sure at the end of the row, downstairs, out the ground. Yeah. yeah. Because you yeah. could, the old days, you could, you they used to come out the um, east stand. You looked to right. There's a huge gate, so you could actually get right yeah. close to where the pitch was and the old yeah. blue. But that thing that you could still see. I mean, I, the year before, I'd seen the the four three, the Bolton game yeah. through through the hole. I'd I'd gone out early and I watched the own Allardyce's own goal. By you could actually watch the game from the yeah, because we from the, that part left. of the the edge yeah. of the east stand was open, and you could watch the game from yeah. there. We did a couple of times enough. towards yes, the end. We just kind of have a look through the gates to see right. it. And then we, right. Because we'd right. come out the ground and turn left and then we normally parked up by um, the Unigate Dairy where the hospital is now. So we parked there. We'd back in the car yeah. just before yeah. five and but drive You could go off. left as well because the big gate was there. But if you went yeah. left from the gate, you could go down where that Bovril sign was in the yeah. middle on the, the Bovril sign, which lasted for years. Yeah. What the paint they used was fantastic. Well, sometimes you could go lasting. up the back. They used to be some the stairs back up the back. left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could go right out the main gate or turn left up the stairs Absolutely. and go out that way. Which is still there, there, actually, that exit. But it's still there, but it's, it's yeah. not used as much, obviously. But, yeah. yeah, and that's basically it, a program. Yeah. So we came out of there and then we, we, we I mean, I, mean, I saw a little bit of trouble for, I think we played, I think it might be, I can't remember it was, a little bit of trouble. And we just dived into a shop, I think. And my, when I started to go on my own, my dad said, don't want you using Fulham Broadway. You have to go to Old Court and walk. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely the same. My dad was exactly the same with me. Yeah. You know, and I was in my 20s. My dad was still yeah. saying with me. He said, I was 32. You're not going that way. Yeah. We're not yeah. going that way. You're not going that way. So I said, I'm not going that way. I don't want to get involved in that. Absolutely. Yeah. But it's there was that, Chidge, there was that fear all the way through it yeah. that you would get involved in. It was, it, it was the bizarreness of it was you might get beaten up by Chelsea fans. It, it, you'd have a scrap normally. Friendly fire, JK. Rushing, you are. Friendly fire. Yeah. Yeah, there was a touch of that, wasn't it? But there was you didn't want it. No. You just didn't want it, you know. But it, they're always going for the other the fans the other end. There will always be a scrap, frequently on the pitch, but also down the sides, anywhere they could get at people. And and or the police rushing backwards and forwards, and you might then get involved as being a potential um miscreant. I remember you know, seeing the shed yeah. used to sway when the away yeah. fans tried to take the shed, the whole thing would just sway and it'd be yeah. like a parting of yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. What's going on, Danny? Goes, oh, well, idiots. This will idiots. this will be reft later on. Now, the other couple of things that happened uh, at the beginning of this season, which we should take note of. The first one is kind of probably slightly irrelevant for Chelsea, but this is the year that the uh, league introduced three points for a win. Um, and and secondly, far more noteworthy for those uh, of a certain kind of you know who like their casual style. Uh, we got rid of Umbro and we've got our Lecoq Sportif kits. This one was the, the, the one with the kind of the white pinstripes, which I think is a deliciously oh, lovely kit. Yes, love that kit. Yes. Yeah. In Wonderful fact, funny kit. enough, uh, I have a mug here which has got every every single kit that Chelsea has ever played. And sadly, the dishwashers kind of wiped them. Yeah. But I can see, there you go. I don't know if you can see it. There's the, eight, the 81, 82. There you go. Can you see that? That was my first ever kit. I got that as a birthday yeah. present. There you go. So there you go, very beautiful kit. Uh, so there you go. So that's the season now. Um, in terms of the football, uh, you know, we are here to talk about the football, remarkably enough. Um, Chelsea kicked off their season uh, and they actually kicked it off with a win against Bolton Wanderers uh, at home. Do you remember that, uh, JK? Yes. Yes, I was there. And um, we were rather pleased. 
and um, uh, Colin Lee scored, if I remember. He did. Um, who was a decent player. He really was a decent player. And what, what I liked about him in particular was he got he got stuck in. He he wouldn't be he wouldn't be pushed out of the way by centre by centre halves. Um, he was really one for getting involved to his detriment on a couple of occasions as the season would go on. But um, uh, skinny, beam Polish, not a great deal of meat on him, but swift, uh, lanky legs, uh, really good header of a ball and um, decent shot. And uh, you compare him with the other um, uh, bizarre signing from the year before, of course, who was Alan Mays that Jeff Hurst bought because I think he'd scored against him at Telford or something. Um, uh, he was... Uh, uh, Alan Mays was not good, and uh, uh, in comparison, I suppose Colin Lee was as bad, was as better as Alan Mays, as bad, bad that he was. If you was get he one. quite versatile, he played centre back a couple of times. He, well, he remember, did. He played yeah. centre half absolutely. He, yeah. he got. He played right back in a game. I remember because somebody yeah. was injured. He was a very decent player. Um, fantastic perm as well. Yeah, a bizarre, bizarre kind of <laughs> squadge of of. Of curls, it was like a yeah, but it wasn't, it was a kind of tea cozy, wasn't it? It was a kind yeah. of sort of thing that just it was like a Chelsea on. throw, wasn't it? I yeah, like yeah. that, a Chelsea throw. Um, just to uh, you know, Jonathan's right, uh, Colin Lee scored after 28 minutes, Mickey drew after 32, we won 2 0. The team that day, I think this is interesting, it's Petter Barota, Gary Locke, Dennis Rofe, Colin Viljern, Mickey Droy, Colin Pates, Clive Walker, John Bumstead, uh, who was replaced by Phil Driver after 12 minutes, I would imagine. No, no. Well, I think I don't know when he was replaced actually by him, but anyway, he replaced him. Colin Lee, Alan Mays, uh, Mike Fillory. So I think that the the salient point out of that that I'm noticing is that that's pretty much the same team as we had last season. So there were very few ins in the summer, by the looks of it. I couldn't find out if we did transfer anybody in in the summer. It looked it didn't look like it. It was interesting to see that I don't think Rofe then played very much for the rest. No, of the No, only season. played six times all he, season. He was a com- an utter disappointment. And I remember we had great hopes for him because he'd been so good for Orient against us. We constantly seemed to be playing Orient in the, either in the league or in the FA Cup. And he was a really good player when he was younger. He just did not contribute at all for Chelsea. But it did, what he did begin to do was to bring in Kevin Hales, who was actually a very decent player. And of course, what we hoped was that Phil Driver, who'd been so competent the year before, would be given an opportunity because he was a really nifty winger. And really, really provided great service for Colin Lee, particularly in the 6-0 the season before and it, and in various other games, but prone to indury. And as we're going to discover, this was, uh, was another um, problem. Next Just match- to say that one of, the, one of the Bolton players was called John Thomas. And you yes. thought that he, he would have attempted to have changed his name. But, yeah. um, role, but he was quite happy. He changed his name to Tadger, which was also a mistake. Why didn't he call himself Dick? For yeah, sure, I know he should have done. Yeah, Dick um, anyway, end. next, uh, next, Dick next yeah. match was Cardiff away. We won that one two, uh, two one. So we're doing all right. And then it all kind of came crashing down somewhat when we played uh, Watford uh, at home in our second home match on the twelfth of September. Uh, where basically, as far as I recall, Jonathan, we were torn apart by uh, John Barnes, very young John Barnes, and it could have been much more than the three one that was dished out. You remember that at all? Um, well, I, I remember the uh, I remember the way that Watford played, which was just to um, um, it was very basic. They just uh, it was a kind of Wimbledon for the eighties. They just booted the ball up the pitch as high as they far as they possibly could. Had lots of centre backs. A uh, couple of it's very similar to um, 
the way that O'Neill played at Leicester. Very yeah. nippy wingers, two nippy wingers. Um, Barnes and Callahan, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A um, couple of midfielder f- foragers, but they're nippy as well. Big, big defensive, big boots up to the the two wingers. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who the striker was, but it was some. Blissed, of yeah. course, up there. Quick, but also strong striker, and um, and they had one other guy as well. I think it was quite... George Wiley at the back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Steve Show was in goal, wasn't he? This is the way he'd come up from the fourth division, old yeah. uh, old Taylor. And it was bizarrely, of course, when he he tried to play the same way at Villa, and I think he succeeded quite well. But then well, in, Dane, in, England yeah. was a step too far, wasn't it? Really, for uh, <laughs> if, you, um, if you lump the ball up the pitch, it's not a great way for playing international football. I mean, having said yeah. that, though, at least. If we'd played that way with England consistently, we might have won more than we ever did trying to play yeah. sort of smoothly like the rest of Europe. Um, basically, first few matches, a bit of a curate's egg, really. You know, a few wins, a few draws, a few defeats. Uh, I, 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 go, I go next to the Cambridge United uh, away match, which we lose 1-0, but only really to, to kind of ref what Jonathan was saying. Because, I mean, last, last season, it was really interesting, actually, last week, Dan, because... You know, I forgot what a good player Phil Driver was. And in fact, actually, oh, terrific. you know, he, he didn't play enough the season before and he got injured then. Um, this season, you know, he's doing quite well. In fact, he scores a couple of goals against uh, Charlton in the draw uh, in, in September, 23rd of September. But the Cambridge United match, um, he got um, he got injured, didn't he, JK? And this, yeah. this kind of put him out. Well, for much of the season, from what much I can, yeah. I mean, let me just—I mean, you know—let me just have a quick, quick look. Um, he only played, yeah. He played four, four, yeah, four times uh, at start, four starts, and four subsequent, and that was it. So he pretty much was put out, uh, put out for the rest of the season in this match. But I think he'd been also he'd been dreadfully fouled in the game before, which was the Orient yes. game, yes, by um, Roffy, who was the, this appalling just. Just Neanderthal Orient player. Roffy is a wanker. He tells that wonderful story. Yeah, Dennis Roffy. No, 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 no. no. All all four sides of the ground. I think even Orient fans, because he was so dreadful, all started just just chanting, um, "Roffy is a wanker. Roffy is a wanker." And this just reverberated around. And apparently, he he bowed and drank a toast to everybody to all four sides of the. uh, of the pitch, I wasn't at the game. I think another wall fell down once again. I Probably, think. it yeah. was it was a real orient thing, wasn't it? Anyway, I just think it's really sad because I think the point I was making, Dan, was that you know I wasn't really around much then, and you know just watching some of those clips, you realise what a good player he was. Of course, is you know he had a great game against Newcastle in the six nil. So it was a bit of a sad sad ending really for him. I think uh, he was very slight, very yeah, slight. Yeah. I think he was. He probably players quite, looked at him and thought, "I'm having some of that," you know. Yeah. I'm afraid they did. So. Maybe quite, quite direct, wasn't he? Quite yeah. skillful, yeah, very direct. Yeah, two-footed, can cross from the left or the right. Had some pace. Good player, mate. So I think it's really. This is one of the things that's been most interesting about this little journey that we've been going on is is finding these YouTube clips and and just realizing, you know, players that haven't really registered much for you, and you think, God, he was good, you know. So. Um, I, I say with sadness that poor old uh, Phil Driver got clattered out of the Cambridge match and uh, and was not to be seen again. Now, uh, shortly after that, um, we had a, a very interesting ding-dong with Southampton in the League Cup uh, mm. in the second round. We went down to the Dell 
and uh, we drew one all. Uh, a, a, and a young, a very young, uh, when I say very young, he was 17 years old. Steve Francis uh, yeah. makes his debut in that match. As I said, also notable for the fact that uh, Kevin Keegan uh, opened the scoring on 18 minutes by putting the ball on the net with his hand. It did, did a Thierry Henry. But uh, we played very well, apparently, and Mike Filler equalised on 55 minutes. And, of course, you know, uh, we had the second uh, leg uh, the week later. And, again, we played we played very, very well. I mean, basically, uh, we were 1-0 up after 29 minutes and we were looking to be home and hosed. And then Steve Moran turns up on the 84th minute and equalises. So it had to go to extra time. And, of course, Chelsea had been booted out. I and mean, we keep drawing Southampton and either the FA Cup or the League Cup, incidentally, in the few years before this. And we'd played them in, uh, in the Cup and uh, they'd gone to extra time and they'd knocked us out. But not this time. Oh, no, because uh, Mike Fillery turns up on 95 minutes and bangs the ball home. And we win We win 2-1. So... The, why am I? Why am I? Uh, you know, going potty about a bloody second round League Cup match against Southampton. Well, obviously, you know, I grew up down here. It's so only win against them is good by me. But I think you know the point is is that it was a really big scout for us at the time because we were really in the poo, weren't we, J.K.? So Southampton were one of the top teams in the country at the time. Well, Kevin Keegan, England captain. Indeed, indeed. What became apparent to me, I felt at the time, was that that. That um, Johnny Neal was actually making them look a more compact side. Compact, yes, indeed. Not in a Rafa Benitez way. And uh, there might have been echoes, you know. I mean, every no, manager. No, has, no, every, no, 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 no. Um, but uh, they. I mean, as will be shown later on when they get another another first division scalp in the FA Cup. Um, they they seem to be able to to play against the better sides with a um, an element of uh, organisation, which is what we hadn't been seeing in the previous seasons. So um, it, it was becoming more the uh, the inconsistent team that we were used to, rather than the downright shite side that we'd had for the past few seasons. So um, uh, I was impressed by. Um, uh, I was intrigued. I, I, I always had this thing. If players had done well for other clubs and we got them, I always hoped that they would play well for us. It was like, I suppose, it's David Hay syndrome or whoever comes in. Um, well, Roth, Dennis Roth, for example. Indeed, exactly. Perfect perfect example. Had played so well for, for Orient against us. I thought, great. I think he was England under 23 international anyway. Great. We've got a decent player. And similarly with Colin Viljone, who we talked about. And he played in the Southampton game. Been a classy player. But not Alan Mays. And but not Alan Mays. No, that was a that well, that was a Hurst purchase, wasn't it? Apparently. Though <laughs> though the stuff you sent us, Alan Mays scores. I keep you know, and um, I've seen Alan Mays score on the who's on Mixer. Right. I'm in. You know, I, I was thinking that was a rarity. But you see some of these goals. I thought bloody hell, I saw him score quite Don't a lot. Don't worry, mate. In this season, his time will come, and not for yeah. the reasons you're thinking. Indeed, Indeed it's a Hampton game because my dad had obviously gone to match and he put when I woke up, he put a note saying Chelsea two Southampton one. With the program, so when I woke up in the morning, it was there, and we fact we beat Southampton. So I was really excited. Oh, can, can I get so you? You, so you, you remember this then, Dan? Well, no, because it's just more because I was too young to go. And my dad, Kate, when I woke up the next morning, my dad had written there saying Chelsea two Southampton one, and the program next to my pillow. So I woke up. Yeah, we won. I was really excited. Brilliant, brilliant, <laughs> brilliant stuff. Story. Yeah, that's what it's all about. So uh, this is a really 
um, both important and interesting period of the season. Jonathan's nailed it, of course, in saying that John Neal is kind of trying to do the best he can with really what what he's inherited because there are no real additions to the squad or the team. That's why the Cullenville Joan thing was quite interesting yeah. that he gave him a go. But also you wanted him, I was going to say, we're saying you wanted him to be good. And he was okay. He was a decent player. You could tell he was in his twilight of his career. That was the trouble. But he spread the ball really nicely. And I liked him as a player and was bemused. I think he was a bit slow. This was the problem. But pinpoint passes. And he was a South African international, of course, because he was uh, he was from South Africa. And he'd had a very good time with Ipswich. But um, it, it, he, didn't, he didn't figure much. No. I don't know if he was injured. I don't. But... Well, the the point I was going to make was that. Sorry, yeah. No, that's right. I mean, John Neal's trying to cobble the best. You know, he's trying to put something together. I think that's the point you were making. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you you can start to see some of the signs, but it's a bit like a car running on, you know, th- three out of four spark plugs or whatever, and therefore it's prone to massive inconsistency. And the reason I bring this up is because you know we've just watched Chelsea struggle to beat Villa, uh, beat Man City quite comfortably i think get away with it against leicester and then you know absolutely have their ass torn out of them by west ham last night nothing ever changes with chelsea football club trust me so we just knock out southampton who i don't know where they were in the table then but i would imagine quite high up because they were a good side in those days um three days later right three days later in the league we turn up to rotherham not a fixture that you would commonly associate with Chelsea. But, of course, this match has almost mythic proportions uh, for Chelsea fans. There are about 3,000 of them there, I believe, at Millmore. Uh, and it, it goes down in history as one of the, the most horrendous defeats Chelsea have ever, ever suffered. We lose 6-0. Uh, What's his name? Fern. Ronnie Fern. Is it is Rodney Fern? Rodney Fern. Rodney Fern gets uh, gets a hat-trick. Uh, Ronnie Moore scores two. Emlyn Hughes was the manager. I forgot that. Just oh. to add insult to injury. Um, it uh, Johnny Johnny Bumstead has a penalty saved. Anyway, talking of bummers. Twice. 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 Yeah, exactly. Talking of bummers, uh, as as you know, we've been doing this thing called the Chelsea Special, uh, where we, me and Martin King, have interviewed loads of former Chelsea players, and uh, particularly relevant at the moment the in, are the interviews of Colin Pates, John Bumpson, and and Gary Chivers, and uh, both uh, Chivs and uh, well, they all played in the match, but I, I got some really interesting comments from both uh, Johnny B and Gary Chivers on what that awful day was like, and here they are. We should have we should have been two up. Really? Yeah, uh, we had um, Mark Falco on loan. He missed two sitters. Yeah. We'd have been yeah. two up. And then I missed I missed the retaken penalty. You missed the pen. Yeah, they, uh, it was retaken. Retaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just guessing game, isn't it? whether you put it the same corner or not. Yeah, yeah. But um, I see Danny Baker a couple of years ago. So he, he doesn't fault me. I mean, yeah. My nephew bought his football bloopers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he got it for Christmas. So yeah. I was sitting down eating dinner, and he's put that game on. And I've missed the penalty. Oh, oh, lovely. Danny Baker loves Chelsea. I'm so not I'll surprised. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, you'll, you'll verify this because I've heard stories. And my, my old mate Phil was there, and he says the Chelsea fans were shouting, "We want seven. We That's want." Seven. Yeah, true. was that yeah, true? Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, you've got to love the sense of humour. Yeah. But I think, it, I think it was Emily News, the manager. He really? was, yeah. I think he yeah, was. Yeah, I think he was. I mean, that was. 
that was sort of dark days when I look back, yeah. some of them games. Yeah. I mean, all I'd know, when I, when I, up until we got promoted with John Neal, most of it was sort of dire. What, what do you remember about that match? But rather, yeah. we were atrocious. Yeah. We, should have been, we should have been a couple of goals up in the yeah. beginning, Yeah, we? Johnny Bumps did. We got slaughtered on the pitch and we got slaughtered off the pitch. I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right. Chelsea fans got battering up. Were you, were, you, were you chanting, we want seven? That's what I've I heard. heard it here, I've yeah, heard that. I was fucking. You were, you were livid. Yeah. Bummer's missed a penalty. Bum, yeah, he did. Bummer's Bummer's missed a pen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked to him about it. We, we were good in the first 15, 20 minutes, and then they sort of we just went to pieces, didn't we? Yeah. We all over the fucking really. place. All, all, all over the show. I think Patsy was playing midfield, was he? Patsy was yeah, playing he was midfield. Playing, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was it was incredible. Yeah. They put five goals down to you, Patsy. <laughs> So I've seen the game. He's sticking it. I've on. seen the game. He's, he's sticking well, it. He's sti- yeah, he's, he's sticking I've seen it the game. I did all right. Because he can't answer for himself. <laughs> no, he's, he's got it all. He's got it all. And the sixth one. Yeah, those boys. Uh, uh, apart from obviously hanging their heads in shame to this day, it's really interesting what they they said. I mean, the other interesting thing that I forgot about this, you might remember this, J.K. But we could have been. I mean, both of them said we could have been two 0 up before Rotherham scored. Yeah, you know, I forget that. But it was, um, uh, I think they all wanted to then to blame Peter Barota for everything. Well, that with good reason, mate. I mean, you, reason, you and I, I both saw the, the, the. I mean, amazingly enough, this match or the goals, at least, uh, are on YouTube. If you want to put yourself through the ultimate misery, um, and Barota was just abject. But it was his last game. As well, it was his last game for Chelsea. Because he 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 chose uh, Neil picked so Neil was was going through and slowly but surely trying to work out his best side. He he put seventeen year old Steve Francis in after this after this who uh, I mean, he had his debut who who actually had a very decent time of it after that. He actually was yeah, a very yeah. decent goalkeeper. Can you imagine rated. at seventeen playing playing in the football league in the second division at that level quite phenomenal we had a young team and the average age was like only about 24 years old so at the time it was a very young team it was and I mean 17 is remarkably young Uh, I mean Barotta was hopeless I think Kelvin was telling us last week that uh, um, he had half a bottle of whiskey before the match he certainly played like it Um, he let one go through his arms Uh, they kept on heading the ball past him he, he took somebody out for a penalty, which was just... He tried to, to do a Schumacher on somebody, but didn't have the common That's decency right. to, penalty, not to, right. to, to half kill him, you know. It was just awful. I mean, the other the other points that I always remember about this, and actually both both Chivs and, and Bummers make this, this point, uh, Dan, is that, um, you know, the, we had an excellent crowd there and we were actually chanting, we want seven, we want seven. Uh, it's quite bizarre. Only only Chelsea supporters could could do that. But it was horrific, wasn't it? Do you remember much about it as a kid? I remember the score. I think must have been on listening to well, what is five live at the time. I think we're three down after like twenty minutes or something like that. It was ridiculous. It was like, Thirteen minutes. I yeah. think was it? Yeah. yeah, I know it was very early on. I just thought, oh, and then it was yeah, like yeah. full time. You, know, you hear the you know, whole thing was Saturday. He was a classifiers with James Alexander Gordon or it might have been Rotherham six. I was like, oh. They do that thing on the teleprinter. They'd always have to write SIX. Yeah, to, to be it. sure. Yeah, be I, I, I was I was at school with Liverpool fans, Arsenal fans, West Ham fans, and we were always just so shit at that time. And to go get your head down, Monday, mate. Yeah, going Monday six nil. It was like ah, the, the no, people are laughing. 
the point I was going to make was that the guy who scored the hat trick um, was bald and uh, uh, and had big sides, and uh, people kept referring to him as. Uh, um, and not only did they lose Chelsea lose six nil, but somebody's granddad scored a hat trick. Yeah. He did. He, that, looked, he looked like an undertaker, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Was that Rodney Moore? Who's was the? No, it's Rod, yeah, Rodney. Not Rodney Fern was the. No, Rodney Moore, the guy that got the other two goals. That yeah, yeah, Moore? yeah, 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 Rodney Moore. But Rodney Fern looked like an undertaker. Uh, we then go off and get our, you know, statutory uh, home win against Newcastle. Uh, and then having knocked Southampton, high flying Southampton out of the League Cup, we then play Wigan, and of course we lose. 4-2. I mean, this is just so typically Chelsea, isn't it? Uh, I mean, ugh, I, I, I despair. Um, now, we talked a little bit about the ag earlier on. Um, it came to a bit of a head against Derby County away. We went up there on the 28th of November. Uh, we drew one all. Uh, Clive Walker scoring on uh, 10 minutes. Uh, and a bloke called Osgood, Osgood for Derby scored on 89 minutes. Not that Osgood. The the key thing here was that there was a massive, massive load of ag here. I think we invaded the pitch. Do you remember anything about this, Jonathan? I remember hearing about yeah. it. I hadn't gone. I have to say that I my going to away games was very restricted to uh, London, and even then I was worried. It's just it, it, there was fear for the aggravation. You just did not want to get bound up in any of that at all, and so you you'd you'd be very passive in your trying to find where you were standing unless you had a seat. You always wanted to try and get a seat somewhere just because you felt obviously safer. But if you stood, you you got there as late as possible. And uh, if you got there early, you'd be pushed out of the way of it. So you stood. And even then you weren't, I, you know, I'm, I'm hardly um, blessed with huge uh, uh, height. So I, I found myself frequently having to stand on tiptoe crane to watch the game and then you leave 15 minutes early anyway just not get involved and then it's not become a great experience i'm afraid so further abroad further away you definitely didn't because if you happen to be speaking in a london accent you find the opposition fans were keen to 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 give you a good yeah it's like what we've got a time please mate that yeah. sort of stuff, yeah. And, yeah. and football specials as well can't be much fun. It's a battered old, you know, British Rail mm. football specials. Well, deliberately, deliberately. They gave you the worst. Yeah. There were never any, no tea, never any buffet or anything. And, and also, you, you know. just need some northern copper to say, I don't like you, I'm going to pull you, you know, you've done nothing wrong. Yeah. 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 Well, it was pretty serious, this, this bout of ag. Um, obviously, we had a bit of a reputation in those days and uh, it did all kick off at Derby. And it, this one had consequences because as a result of that and the fact that it all kicked off on the pitch... Uh, the FA then started a, an inquiry. More of that later, uh, because after that, I mean, by the way, actually, we're not we're not doing too badly here. You know, we're we're actually uh, getting toward. You know, we're climbing up the table. And by the time uh, Boxing Day, in fact, twenty sixth of December, nineteen eighty one, uh, we're in seventh position, and then we play QPR. Now we play QPR away. Uh, and of course, these days, not only are they a fairly decent team, they're also managed by Terry Venables, superb manager, as we all know. But more interestingly, Jonathan, they're playing on a plastic pitch. Yes, yes, the very well-known plastic, a very pitch. bouncy plastic pitch. Yeah, but the ball and it, it was definitely an advantage to play on it regularly, as yeah. they did, because you got used to the uh, the kind of uh, footwear you should have, and the uh, um, not the goalkeeper shouldn't dive out or. Um, go out quickly because he'd just slip and fall on his on his ass as Steve Francis did on several occasions um but they they uh, weirdly enough they failed to take advantage of their their uh, 
being used to playing on the surface and we beat them 2-0. We did. A couple uh, of late goals. Yeah, Clive Walker, 78. Alan Mays, one of those uh, like rocking horse shit goals from Alan Mays on 88 minutes. A uh, decent volley though, Jim. Was it? Very decent volley. Was it? Yeah. Did he think he was yeah. trying to do a goal line clearance or something from the other end? It, it, well, it, I, I wanted what it was funny enough was he, he didn't try to shoot. He just placed, you know, it was one of those, it came over uh, on a, uh, up over his head, if I remember, and then just, just guided it by getting contact on it. So it actually looked quite classy. But if you gave him any opportunity to look at the goal and place it, he was absolutely useless. Indeed. So, well, there you go. Um, just for the record, and we'll, again, we'll refer to this later, but QPR go on to, to the uh, FA Cup final this season. So, you know, they weren't a bad side, although QPR are always shit, let's be honest. Interestingly enough, on 60 Minutes, I do believe this is Martin Allen came on for Sealy. Of course, Martin, we got to know quite well at Love Sport, bless his heart, yeah. mad dog. And uh, in spite of my previous uh, perceptions, a jolly fine guy he is too, although he was a bit of a roughhouser as a player. So there we go. So we beat QPR, who we actually end up doing the double over. Um, and, uh, you know, as I said, you know, we're, we're, we're doing relatively okay. The, uh, the, the, the panacea of uh, maybe going back up is, uh, is, is a bit of a reality. We're in fifth position. And of course, come the turn of the year, uh, you know, naturally one's attentions turn to uh, the, uh, the FA Cup. But before we get into that, and indeed uh, part two of this show, um, I did mention the FA, didn't I? Uh, who basically start an inquiry into our naughtiness at uh, um, at Derby. Well, what they decided to do was to impose a ban on Chelsea fans, uh, which, surprisingly enough, spectacularly failed. Uh, at the Bolton game, which I think was the first game upon which it was supposed to happen, loads of Chelsea fans turned up. For the record, we drew two all. But even more amusing, uh, when we played Watford, um, I, I can't remember when this was, actually. Here we go. We played Watford in February. So the band's still imposed there. Absolutely laughable. Uh, there were so many Chelsea fans that turned up for Watford away. The police kind of decided, probably quite rightly, that it was better to let them in where they could keep an eye on them than to let them rampage, rampage around Watford, destroying it like a, like a plague of locusts. So I think one of, the, one of the things the club objected to, didn't they, at the time, was that Chelsea was supposed to pay a thousand pounds compensation to uh, to each uh, uh, away club, uh, to each club that was home against Chelsea. Why? Which, um, um, because they were missing out on uh, on that yeah. amount of money from the fans. Right, right, right. Of course, you 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 might remember this. I I only remember this kind of handed down. But of course, this is and you can still get them from. Uh, I think it's a, a a website called a time before sky, but you can you know this is the the time of the, a lot of my mates Martin Phil Tell they all had these t shirts you can't ban a Chelsea fan. Now I know that it had happened before in seventy seven against Wolves, but when people talk to you about you can't ban a Chelsea fan, it's this period of Chelsea's history that they're really referring to, you know, and they're great t shirts with Chelsea crest you can't ban a Chelsea fan and you couldn't and it it basically the, the FA had to backtrack not least i think because of the money issue that jonathan's talking about but it was just impractical because chelsea fans would just turn up and the police thought we can't have them roaming around town we've got to let them in so there you go so um that i think bring unless you've got new boys got a comment on that i, I think i've covered not. it fairly well okay right well uh after the break we're gonna have a quick break but when we come back uh our, our, as i 
teased a minute ago, our attention is going to go firmly on the FA Cup, which in those days, as we know, was a really, really important trophy, not like it's become now, sadly. But he, but when you're a, when you're in the second division, you got you know no hope of any glory whatsoever. In those days, the cup was realistically your only kind of chance of proper glory. So it was taken very seriously and very much so by Chelsea. And Chelsea's journey in the FA Cup this year is bizarre. I shall leave it at that. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chidge, I'd be bereft. Inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match... And they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month. And you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all, no more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> Where do I sign up, Ginge? Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Fans, real I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the Boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chels. Right, welcome back. This is the Chelsea Fancast's uh, special series called 50 Years of Chelsea, where we follow uh, Chelsea's history uh, season by season, starting in 1970. And oh, what fun it is. We are now uh, in season 1981-82. And of course, with me as ever is the, is the you know, the, the phenomenon that is Jonathan Kidd. Oh, change. Oh, thank you. And uh, a man that we've missed in these recent weeks, as we were just discussing, Mr. Dan Silver. Hi, guys. Good to be back. Although you have been slumming it with London is Blue. Don't think I haven't noticed. Oh, it was a one-off. Tell me about it, actually. This with this draft thing. And the only it draft was, I'm yeah. interested in is draft beer, mate. It was great fun. It was basically we got assigned a manager each and we had to pick a team based on that manager's style and so on and so forth. And obviously, I got Surrey, which is like a bollocks to that. 
Um, so you chose 11 shit players, obviously. Yeah, basically, yeah. I, I, I had the worst team out of a lot of them. I thought it was quite a good team, but I know the worst team. So basically, it would start with like A, B, C, D, E, F. Well, it's quite easy and, with Sarri, I would have thought, because you'd have, have to have had Higuain up front. No, I did pick him. I'm not having that fat Lampard fight. I know, it's, but it's that's very, who Sarri yeah. would have picked. No, no, it was, it was based on their Chelsea performances, not their career performances. Okay. So okay. you had to have like, you know, so for example, my first pick was Hazard, because I was first pick. Yeah. It was an okay side, but it was, it was it was a good fight. It was a long time, but it met some, you know, Olivia Bazagda was on it. She's actually really nice. I've totally changed my opinion of her. She's really nice, knows her stuff. Gary Hayes, um, Joe Tweeds. Yeah, never never heard of any of them, mate. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe, Joe <laughs> Tweeds. I don't think he likes shows. I don't think Joe Tweeds shows his face in public because he just had a... He does the same. Oh, he did it, did it on Monday. Yeah, what if he's got like some hideous deformity or something? I, no, I wonder yeah. whether that picture of him that he puts up. I mean, you know him. You used to yeah, sit yeah, next. Yeah. Does that picture look anything like him? Yeah, put, yeah. It's the real Joe Tweets. I wonder well, whether it was a fake Joe. The real no, Joe no. Tweets, please show stand up. No, it was good yeah. fun. It was um, it was long evening. It was great fun. Quite great fun. Yeah, so. good stuff. Well, well done you. Well done the London is blue boys. Uh, all right. Back to 1981-82. Now, as I said before the break, we, we, we're, we're doing okay in the league, as I said. I mean, a bit up and down, as you'd expect, but we're still kind of there or thereabouts. Uh, and attention, of course, in the new year, uh, of course, turns to the FA Cup. Uh, and we get drawn against Hull City in the first round. I mean, things are also, by the way, getting horribly delayed because of the weather being utterly shit, apparently. I don't remember, really, but there you go. Uh, so, in fact, actually, our first round match uh, against Hull... Uh, takes place on Monday the 18th of January. So that's about a week at least late. Uh, it's it's dreadful. Uh, we draw nil-nil at home to them. Uh, and then we have to replay uh, up at uh, Booth, Booth Ferry Park in those days, uh, where we eventually win 2-0. Alan Mays, he's on fire. He scores again. Johnny B scores on 87 minutes. But that, that match is noteworthy, really. Um, you know, on the way back, the Chelsea coach was attacked. And... Uh, a bottle is thrown and uh, it hits Steve, goalkeeper Steve Francis full in the face. And apparently he nearly lost an eye, Jonathan. Oh. Do you remember I that? Just thinking, yeah, uh, yeah, I remember the, the story, obviously, what, how appalling that would be because we'd be saying, what if he could have become such a great Chelsea legend? And as it was, he, he, he found himself um, uh, able to play, but with his scars all over his face still, which yeah. was um, uh, must have been a sight. Well, um, he, 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 well, remarkably, he, he gets back. We now uh, play in the next round. We play Wrexham, uh, who, funnily enough, uh, have another goal. Well, you know, obviously they're John Neal's old team, but they, they also include a certain uh, Eddie Nijveki, uh in their he team. He's a blinder. Oh, oh, no, no pun intended. He does indeed. Nil-nil uh, at the bridge. Were you at that match? Yes. Remember much about it? No. No. <laughs> Uh, well, we draw 0-0. Uh, we then go up to uh, the race course ground uh, a few days later, where guess what happens, Jonathan? Um, we draw. one all. That's right. And yeah. Nizveki plays a blinder. Again. Yeah, but one, that's one thing I do remember about it. I remember about the 0-0 was how excellent he was. Because, um, uh, funnily enough, nobody said we must buy him because you thought, well, actually, Francis is doing quite well. It's interesting when you get a little yeah. hero... And Francis really was doing really excellently, despite being 17. We thought this boy will be playing for the team for the rest of his life. Um, the um, rest of his life, the rest of his career. But um, Bob Isles was in the wings still, I think, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. I don't think he was 
getting an opportunity to play, probably because he wasn't as good as Francis, um, which I don't think he was. But uh, no, I just must say that it, Francis was a really exceptional talent at this period, despite being so so young. There were, were rumours. Um, Sorry, mate, go got, on. You know, his ability to get to save um, practically anything and crosses. He looked really, really excellent. I mean, we'll, we'll get to the Liverpool match in a minute, but um, the thing that, that stood out for me about Francis, he looks quite small. He didn't look. Yeah, well, a, he did look he a big, a, imposing keeper. He had a cat-like quality to him. I mean, deliberately, he had a Bonetti-like quality to him. He had a. Um, he was on his toes a lot, and he his um his ability to put balls round the corner was very similar to uh, to, the to Bonetti. Yeah. yeah, it was almost as if I wonder whether he'd had any influence on him. He probably would have been teaching him at some stage. Um, perhaps he was there as a as his mentor when he was fourteen or fifteen. Don't know how long Francis. What Francis's route? I can't remember what it was to the first team, but um, no, there was a great similarity. Um, uh, but I know I have to honestly say how completely exceptional he was. If you've been watching Barota for that period of how uh, completely away with the fairies he'd become as a goalkeeper, you realise that uh, um, um, they had to be a change, and the change was there with this seventeen-year-old. It was yeah. absolutely excellent. Well, I mean, at the time, Dan, he was rumoured to, you know. He was in line to succeed the likes of Clements and, and Shilton in goal for, for England. So he was clearly highly thought of, even though he was that young. Yeah, I remember him coming through. And I remember there's quite an iconic black and white photo of him in the tunnel at the Dell, just ready to go on, just looking completely focused. I think it was the one, the, the, the magazines, he's just standing there, so focused. I thought he was a great goalkeeper. I mean, did he get an injury or... Was he displaced by Eddie? I, 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 I don't know, but we'll get to that in a yeah. few weeks' time and we can ask yeah. Uncle Kelvin, who will know. He will yeah. remember he was, it like he was, he was there. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, look, bottom line is we eventually beat uh, Wrexham away in the third replay. The, the, the Alan third, Mays again, wasn't it? I know. Mickey Droy, yeah. 29 minutes. Alan May, 66. He's on fire, mate. All this all this nonsense about I've never seen Alan May score. I mean, he's scoring in every match at the moment. Well, three times in this podcast I already. Know, I know. It's <laughs> remarkable. Uh, but anyway, we beat Rex, and of course, by this time, uh, we absolutely know for sure because we're way behind the schedule, as it were. Um, by this time, we know who we're going to meet in the next round uh, on the thirteenth of February, uh, Saturday, thirteenth of February, nineteen eighty-two, three o'clock, FA Cup round five, Liverpool. Liverpool, the current uh, European champions, uh, with arguably you could say their greatest ever side. Um, now, before we natter about it, uh, who better to hear from about this uh, than two people who were in and around the squad? I mean, Colin Pates, obviously, he played in that match. Uh, Gary Chivers didn't, uh, as you'll find out uh, when you hear from these two boys now. Go from the sublime or the ridiculous to the sublime. Um, you know, about a year later, we, we end up uh, beating the then European champions, Liverpool, 2-0 in the FA Cup. Massively famous match of course we've done it before in 78 as well yeah. so of course you, you missed that I mean you must have been suspended gutted. yeah you suspended yeah gutted. yeah absolutely choked yeah but you know remember watching the game and the boys that day was absolutely superb, superb yeah. yeah incredible really incredible Peter Rhodes Brown yeah, yeah roasting the, the right back and the left back who I think was Joey Jones Clive roasted him because I think Joey took a, a bit of a Tonkin that day, bless him. They had a, I mean, I've got it actually for, for funny enough for uh, for Collins' interview, but uh, I've got their side actually. It's I, I, I forgot how good their side was. Well, but... class players, yeah, team, didn't I? yeah, 
I'll tell you the Absolutely sign. Absolutely world class players. Here we go. You'll love this. Right, they add. Grobler. J1 playing. Grobler, Phil Neal. No. no. Phil Neal, Lawrence and Kennedy, Whelan, Hanson, Dalgleish, Lee, Rush, McDermott, Sooners. That is pretty much, if you, you know, go, yeah. go back in your mind and you say, what was that great Liverpool team that was that That's who you'd That say. must have been Neil who, who took a roast. Yeah, 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 yeah. That would have been right, wouldn't it? It was yeah. all internationals, wasn't it? Yeah. Every single one of them. Yeah. I mean, that's one of Liverpool's best ever teams. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, yeah. you lot, I knew we had. We had Steve Francis, Gary Locke, Chris Hutchings, Mickey Nutton. Bloody hell, I forgot he played. Did he play in that? Yeah. Game? Did yeah. He? Mickey Droy, Colin Pates, Rosie, Peter Rose Brown, Kevin Hales. Colin Lee, Clive Walker and uh, Mickey Fillery. And uh, as you said, Rose Brown scored after eight minutes, Lee on 84. Yeah. I think that's, I think, I don't know what you think, Martin, I think that's one of Chelsea's best ever... Games. Vi- well, games, yeah. victories, yeah. call it yeah. what you want. 4-2 in the cup as well. 40, yeah, 4 Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That was a great result. But you didn't play? No, didn't play. Suspended. What did you get suspended for then? I was regular, one not I? Over 20 points around about Christmas time. Oh, yeah, topping up the points. Yeah, topping up the Yeah. Always had a good Christmas. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Always home for Christmas and home for Easter again. I think that was the, I think that oh, yeah, was the was one where I was yeah. soon as a shadow. Yeah, well, you were being midfield. Yeah, I was getting confused with another I game. I think that was the game because uh, when, when he told me what my, my, my job was, to Mark Graham Sooners out of the game. What did you say? I kind of looked at him and said, really? You know what I mean? <laughs> You're really asking me to do this? And, and after five minutes, uh, Sooners just stretched his shorts out in front of him and went, do you want to get in with me? Really? Is that yeah. what he said? Yeah. yeah, he said, do you want to get in with yeah. me? And then he said, you're not really going to waste your career by following me around on this pitch, are you? And I went, sorry, Graham, I've been told to do it. You know, I was even apologising to him. I said, I've got to do it. You know, and he he kept kept looking at me and swearing. And anyway, when we uh, when we won the game, he came up to me and he just went, "Well done, son." He said, "I I know we're all given jobs that we don't want to do." Um, And I shook his hand despite him kicking the shit out. He did kick you. Oh my god! When I got in the changing rooms after the game, took my shirt off. I had scratch marks all over me. Where you know when you feel for the player that's yeah, marking yeah, yeah, up, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he used to take great. a lump of you. He was just taking yeah, lumps out yeah. of me. Um, but I, mate, he's a great player. Great player, oh, best, oh, best yeah. player. Yeah. Well, look at that yeah. midfield. All them players were world class. Unbelievable. All internationals. Yeah. Some of the some of the biggest legends. I mean, you know, Ian Rush, Dalgleish, Hansen. God, I mean, they're some of their biggest legends. Mark well, Lawrence. Lawrence. Well, well, maybe not Lawrence. Well, me and Bunners <laughs> had the com- me and Bunners <laughs> had the conversation before the game, and we and we said. Um, he, he, the manager's not going to go through the players because we know more yeah. about Well, yeah, you yeah. could name no point in yeah. saying they got this lad at the back, you yeah. know, uh, Alan Hansen, and they got yeah. this player in midfield. Young Scottish this. lad. Yeah, yeah, you know, like, quite it, tall. There was none of that. It was just a case of all the best. Did give you have it, a game plan? Though, give it your best shot. No, no. Well, the manager will not tell you. you but we the teams that we have a, a game plan to beat them. I think we just, before, we just went out and we just all agreed that we've got to play out of our skin every single one of us to even have a chance of getting a result and we managed to do it you did yeah, yeah. did yeah. they have a bit of an off day or, or um, did that contribute to it I, I they take they, us lightly I think they probably yeah I, I think they knew c- coming here it was going to be hard work I think they really did and, and to be fair I think we just worked our absolute socks off mm. um, 
and we, I think we caught them on an off day and we, and we all performed far better than any of us have ever performed, I would imagine. Uh, brilliant stuff from those two and, and, and you know, Chiv's missing because he was suspended is, is an interesting point, actually, because uh, Chelsea had a lot of people, uh, you know, that were were injured for that match which which again you know it's amazing how 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 quickly how quickly you forget wasn't uh, gary lock injured i think gary lock was injured. no gary lock played gary oh, he, lock, played, gary lock he had played. a short haircut didn't he that's right but yeah. bummers was injured because he'd been absolutely clattered by some hairy ass one of the watford players I, I think uh yeah he got injured in the watford game before uh, who basically John Neal was so uh, incensed by how Watford had played, they just kicked everybody off the park, and apparently they kicked Steve Francis in the head and opened up the wounds to his face again. That's how bad yeah. they were. But we were missing. You know, we we missed uh, uh, certainly Bummers. Chivs wasn't playing, but the team that we had out that day was Steve Francis, Gary Lock, Chris Hutchings, Mike, uh, Mickey Nutton, Mickey Droy, Colin Pates, Peter Rhodes, Brown, Kevin Hales, Colin Lee, Clive Walker, uh, and Mike Fillery, and. Um, obviously, you know, we were, we were 1-0 up after just seven minutes with uh, Peter Rhodes-Brown and then uh, Colin Lee settled it with four minutes to go. But, I mean, it was quite an astonishing day. I mean, this is the biggest match we'd had for a long, 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 long time. Um, it was a packed house, obviously. Uh, but, Jonathan, I, I, I'm, I presume you were there. Dan, I don't know if you were there. Were you there, Dan? Yeah, I was there. It was one you, were, of my you, were, you were both there. Memories. Good. Yeah, oh, it, was, it was an incredible memory. I think I did it on our podcast. It was just such an amazing... Times I've never seen so many people in Stanford Bridge. Hold, hold your fire for a second. Let's try and do this chronologically. Hey. Um, I'm going to ask you pretty much both the same questions, but I'll, I'll kick off with Jonathan. Do you remember that the players ran onto the pitch for the kickoff and then have to run back out again because yes. it all yes. kicked off in the away end, didn't it? I remember specifically because the lion ran out and just ran back in again. It wasn't and you I, this time, was it? It wasn't me. No, no. no. Now, I had a great interest in the lion subsequently because I'd been replaced. I was always looking at the lion, think, sit, watching, working out what he was going to be doing. And it was always the same. He just ran out to the centre circle with the uh, um, the mascot and conducted Blue as the colour. And he started to conduct Blue as the colour, if I remember. And it was then all, you know, it was um, the referee just blew his whistle and everybody ran back in again. <laughs> it's the run, ons- away, run, ons- away, ons- run away, run away, run away. Yes, yeah. But, I mean, to some extent, it, you sort of, you sort of expected it. There was a kind of, you could see what was happening. You go, oh, there they are. They're running on the pitch. Oh, they're running on the pitches. Oh, they're having a battle in the middle of a, a yeah, all the players have come up. Yeah, that makes great sense. Yeah, yeah. Will the game be abandoned? You know, or what's going to happen? Are they going to carry on with it? Yeah. Uh, and then we were always, because I was always of that, I want you to watch the football. Okay. Get off. Get off the, come on, get off, please. Can we play the game, please? And particularly since, it was such a fantastic atmosphere because you're playing you're playing the the, the European Cup. Well, it was the biggest biggest the side. biggest crowd of the season by a yeah, long shot, wasn't it? Dan, Dan, Dan Liverpool you... were a great side at the time. You have yeah. phenomenal players. They were, of. they were. Dan, uh, you would have been. I mean, Jonathan was, you know, by your standards because you were only about what nine. Uh, uh, yeah, nine. Yeah. Right by by your standards, Jonathan was a big ogre of a man, even though he's <laughs> quite diminutive in stature. Small uh, ogre of a man. A small ogre. Shrek like. <laughs> <laughs> so you were a little kid. You were in the East Stand, I would imagine. Yeah, East East Middle. So, I've never seen Stanford Bridge so packed. It was. I was just like so excited. I was literally standing there 
Oh, Dan, you should have been there for United in the uh, 60s. Oh, oh I, was, I, wasn't, oh. I wasn't even my dad's scrotum then. <laughs> <laughs> it was just it was just an incredible, incredible day. I mean, I've used to seeing maybe like 10, 11, 12,000, see all those people there. That Liverpool team, I mean, just looking at it now, like Grobelar, Lawrence, Kennedy, Whelan, Dalgleish, Rush, it was a phenomenal team. I, mean, I, I loved every minute of it. I was so excited because Peter Rose Brown went down the Towards the way, I didn't. He put it past yeah. Ray Clements yeah. first one nil up. Yeah. Second goal, worst, worst really, goal celebration of all time. Don't remember that. And then, and I remember the he second goal. He just did back. this with his arms because he did. He? Yeah, oh, he, he did. He did a Raheem Sterling. But no, he he was exhausted apparently, and he couldn't do a big running running around celebration. Yeah. And he just looked. Do you remember he that, was, J.K.? He was exhausted through emotion. I mean, the yeah. thing is, to be fair to him, they got to him very quickly. All the others to, to hold him up and smother him. He couldn't do much. It wasn't as if he, okay. you know, ran and, ran and did yeah. cartwheels. He scored, jumped and up and down a bit, and then he was enveloped. You know, so yeah. so to say he didn't do a very good uh, um, celebration. He was, you know, it was sufficient having just scored the first goal against. Yeah. He should have run to the away end and dropped his shorts in front of the, the scouts. Got, yeah. He should have done. It was a very good move actually because Colin yeah. Lee was involved and he played him in. Um, rather, rather sweetly. As I say, Lee was uh, Lee was a very decent player, and you you um, you were disappointed if he wasn't playing. You wanted your best players to play, of course. I mean, we're not talking about you know the same level as great players from the seventies, um, the and the sixties and the seventies. But considering we were seeing not very good players playing, or players playing unbelievably inconsistently or sporadically, Fillery was an example. I talked about him last last week. Fillery could just set you alight. He could beat, he could smoothly run through Hullet like and beat player after player and then shoot uselessly. That was one of the other problems. He'd just he'd do all the hard work and then blaze it over the bar. And you thought, oh, for God's sake. But he could turn it on. And, he, and also his free kicks could be phenomenal. So there's always this hope thinking, can they all assemble it together in this kind of game? Are they all going to step up? Are they all going to be good enough? to actually cope. And part of you is thinking, if it's 2-0 to Liverpool, we'll have done all right. You get the first goal and you're thinking, come on, there's a possibility here. Are they going to keep it together? And once again, very good organisation. Very good. And in fact, as, as Colin Pates explains in one of the interviews, they, they, people had very specific roles. So already we were moving into a, a situation where um, uh, the manager was being a little bit more forensic than previous managers. He did a real number on Liverpool. I mean, he did. Yeah, I mean, you're right about what Patesy said. And, you know, going back to what he said a minute ago, um, you you know, everybody had a job to do and they all did their job. And I mean, it's a classic, isn't it? And, And, you know, if you get a team where everybody knows what they have to do and they all absolutely play to their best, to their absolute maximum potential, they can be a much better team. And that's kind of what happened, Dan. But I've got to ask you, I mean, as I said, I mean, you know, we're all, we all very old now and we still get ridiculously overexcited at football. I know because I've sat with both of you. Um, I can't imagine what it would have been like being a nine-year-old kid who would have been, you know, forensically aware of what was going on. Because when you're a kid, you're obsessed with everything, aren't you? Yeah, totally so obsessed. you would have been absolutely on top of the fact that we are 1-0 up in the FA Cup after seven minutes against the champions of Europe with whom we have no chance of beating. And then you have to wait until the... 84th minute for Lee to settle it. I mean, yeah. I mean, you must have been wetting yourself for all the wrong I was, reasons. I was so nervous because I normally got a packet of sweets um, each match. And I was that nervous. I didn't open my sweets until I got back to the car full time. <laughs> brilliant. But it was brilliant. I was just watching it. I was, you know, 
proverbially biting nails and my dad was getting all kind of excited as well. And I think the second goal, if it was scrapped in the penalty box and Colin Lee stabbed at home past um, Gobola, and then we just went absolutely mad. I was so yeah, excited. Yeah, we did and too. going to school on Monday, beating Liverpool, when 70% of my classmates were Liverpool fans, I was happy to pig and shit. Yeah, yeah, Literally yeah. so happy. Yeah. yeah, you don't, you don't remember. Those, that was, that was the biggest point. At that point, that was my, you know, a year into what's putting Chelsea, that was my biggest result. But it was a, it was one of the biggest results Chelsea had had for the past five years. So it was, yeah. uh, it was pretty good. I, I, one thing I forgot to say was when I was when I was nine, and I watched Chelsea, I was unbelievably superstitious. I don't know where this came from. To the degree that I would, it was about looking at things. If I looked at something once, I had to look at it again. That was the superstition. So if I looked at the ref, I'd have to look at the ref again. If I looked at one of the players, looked at Terry Venables, I'd have to look at him again. And it became obsessively appalling. And I didn't know what to do with myself because I thought, I've got to stop this. No, no, at nine. Because this, I have to say, this was only if we were a goal up and we needed, or it was the last few minutes of the game. I would, I would absolutely be obsessed with this. And I found myself in this game doing exactly the same thing, despite being yeah. in my 20s. I remember thinking, I so want them to win. But it was it was interesting how certain players had certain players in their pockets because um, Phil Neal, I think he mentions, in fact, doesn't he, uh, um, uh, Colin Pates, that, that, that I think uh, uh, Gary Chivers said they thought it was Joey Jones. But in fact, yes, it was Phil Neal that uh, that clearly couldn't deal with, uh, with um, bizarrely, with Rhodes Brown, who really played out of his skin. But the trouble we had with Rhodes Brown was that he was never as effective as he was in the in the Liverpool game. He yeah. was good, and he would turn it on. But that game, he was really on top of his game that uh, that day. It was uh, remarkable. Well, he he wasn't the only one. I mean, you know, Steve Francis was superb that day. Mickey Droy, calmness personified. Mickey Nutton's best game for Chelsea, arguably. Uh, Mickey Fillory and Colin Pates were superb in midfield. In fact, I mean, as, as Patesy said, I mean, he, he kept Sooners in his pocket to the extent where, you know, Sooners mentioned it, as you heard. And and, uh, and as Jonathan was saying earlier on, Colin Lee was an absolute colossus that day and uh, proved what a fantastic player he was. Uh, now, we beat uh, Liverpool in the Cup, uh, which means we're now in the quarterfinal. Uh, now, to put this into some sort of a context, we, 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 we draw Spurs at home, which... You know, Spurs, again, fairly decent in those days. I think Spurs were the only first division team left in the cup at that stage. They were. So, you know, even, I mean, typical Chelsea fans, even though we're in Division 2, we would have started, I mean, I would imagine I'm right here, we would have had aspirations. If we can beat Spurs in the court final, we could go on and win the cup final here. Was that what you were thinking, JK? Oh, absolutely. And I think what happens in the game... Well, we'll get, we'll get to the I'm, game in a second. I'm getting ahead of, ahead yeah. of myself, but... Um, uh, there was a euphoria about it because we thought, hey, we've beaten Liverpool, we can go all the way. And yet, you know, there is that, obviously one has the doubt, but nevertheless... Well, if you beat Liverpool, so... you would think that, oh, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah but also yeah. they played so well against Liverpool. Yeah. So we thought, hey, they're going to really pull it out of the bag here. They're going to do it. Yeah, do it. of course, Chelsea's preparation for uh, their biggest match in years is to go and lose 2-1 uh, to Norwich City uh, away and... Uh, and lose 1-0 to Wrexham away. Uh, but that's neither here nor there, because we're focused on, on the FA Cup now. But, I mean, the reason I, I just kind of held your horses a bit there, Jonathan, because before we play Spurs, two or three very important things happened. Uh, Colin Lee gets sent off uh, in the match that Chelsea won, actually, against Cardiff City. 
largely because uh, Gary Bennett tried to kill him and he reacted by squaring up to him. And of course, they both got sent off. And of course, that meant he misses the Spurs Cup match. That is a huge blow because, of course, Lee was phenomenal against Liverpool, but also, of course, because Alan May starts. And also because Lee had played for Spurs. Of course, he had played for Spurs and he was a good player for them. Um, It gets worse, though, because uh, Mickey Droy gets injured against Norwich which means he doesn't start against Spurs. So we're getting a bit of bad luck just at the wrong time here. Uh, now, um, I'll just quick... Before well, before I read you the team, I mean, actually, it's not a bad team that we put out in spite of those two crucial losses. Their team was great, though. Their team was a really terrific team. We'll get team. to that in a minute, because before you even get to the ground, Jonathan, and you read the programme, what did it have on the cover? Well, bizarrely... Oh, yes, rather than yes. there being any pictures of anything, there was this. Because you normally you normally get a nice action picture, don't you? And and the yeah, game well, as, as, you, as they as they put it in the uh, in the statement on the front of it, um, uh, it was a dramatic black and white front cover on the match day program, and it was um, referring back to the trouble that had broken out in the away end at the previous round, which is of course was against Liverpool, carried the following morning. This was to have been a colourful, commemorative front cover for today's game. However, due to the problems caused by a small lunatic fringe who persist in causing trouble for the club, we have been forced to alter the design in order to make the following statement. If you are here masquerading as a football supporter, but your sole purpose is to cause trouble, then you are not welcome. Your behaviour, as witnessed in the past, will no longer be tolerated. Not only will we ensure that you're ejected from the ground and banned for life from Stamford Bridge, but also Chelsea Football Club will not hesitate to bring a private prosecution and civil claim for damages against you. Yeah, it was pretty... Every, I mean, Dan, it's really interesting because your reaction to that was, oh, God, yeah, yeah, I remember that yeah. programme. Everybody remembers that programme. It was just so stark, wasn't it? It was very sort of almost like Ken Bates before his time, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he's not quite there yet, I don't know. Yeah, but that was the sort he? of thing Bates would have done. I remember yeah, it again. Yeah. And I've got, I think it's in, the, in my loft upstairs of, in my memorabilia. Well, the, it's really interesting you say that because my, my, in my head, in my memory, that is, a, I mean, funny enough, in the break when Jonathan reminded me that, that we had that and he was going to read it, I said, oh, can you read it out in the, in the voice of Ken Bates? Because that's my memory of it. That, that is a Bates thing to do. He's not there yet. No, no it, was, it wasn't him. Which no, is a, it's really weird, isn't it? It was, yeah, because pro, the programme was part of my enjoyment. I had all the, like, the, you know, the really nice, pretty pictures and stuff and then tell that, you know, dark. You know, always dark, religiously, dark. you got there slightly early. And you yep. religiously read the programme, didn't you? Yep. Always. Cover always. Cover. Yeah, Absolutely. while I see my sweets. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. and there was a, just digressing, so there was a lovely old couple who sat three rows behind us who were probably in their 70s at the time, and they used to always give me a cup of tea at half-time. Oh, and sweet. their son turned out, played for Bournemouth, Martin O'Connor, and he was leading his rescues, and Mark used his coach at Stoke. But they were such a lovely couple, really, really nice, just digressing slightly. And they were so excited. You saw them, you know, you know, like old people's like it's really like polite little clap. They were doing that. That's it's what so Jonathan lovely. does in the East End yeah. now. Have you not seen yeah. it? Yeah. And I, if Chidge stands up, I pull at his trousers. Here, sit down. Sit down, young man. Sit yeah, down. Go, oh, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> uh, listen, boys, uh, we're at the match. Um, Chelsea's team is Steve Francis, Gary Locke, Chris Hutchings, Mick Nutton, 
Gary Chivers, Colin Pates, Peter Rhodes-Brown, John Bumpstead, Alan Mays, Clive Walker and Mickey Fillory. Uh, Tottenham uh, are Clements, Hewton, Miller, Price, Hazard, Perryman, Ardias, uh, Archibald, uh, Chris Galvin, Glenn Hoddle and Garth Crook. So that's a pretty decent uh, Spurs team. As Very you can imagine, team. in fact, you know their sub, their sub who wasn't used is is, is Graham Roberts. Interestingly enough, and they've um, won the cup the year before. They've won the cup the year before, so they're a decent side. Much as it pains me to say it, um, but it's nil nil for most of the first half, and we're doing all right. And then uh, Mickey Fillory wallops one in, and it's one nil just on half time. Remember that, J.K. Oh, absolutely, because the 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 euphoria that that created was was almost tangible. It was just. You just thought we're 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 going to win the cup this year, and it it really was. I mean, in fact, um, Kelvin mentions it in the book, and I remember absolutely that thinking. That the fact half time was a kind of sort of a huge buzz of it's people. A great time to score, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wonderful! But also, it 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 just made there was a uh, just uh, everybody was convinced that this was our year was and real. the the. Um, the, the uh, our name was on the cup, absolutely convinced. The air of excitement at half time. Yeah, it's powerful, it's powerful, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely so. Yeah, yeah. There was, and and yet, why were we that way, knowing what could happen in the second half? We were because we, we beat Liverpool, and we were one nil up, and they weren't playing very well. Spurs. We were well. We were containing them. We were yeah. making. We'd scored, and it wasn't a surprise. It wasn't against the run of play. We'd played decently, and uh, once again, I'm. I, my 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 um uh my assessment of what was going on, on the pitch was that Kevin Hales was playing very well. Kevin Hales was a decent player, and uh, 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 he didn't he didn't have a great Chelsea career after this, but yet came on with some very good performances. And um, some of these players flit in and out of the side during this period, and uh, and you never you never hear from. Well, I think he went to Charlton. He got sold to Charlton after that, um, but. Uh, some really decent performances, particularly in the first half. But, however... Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. yeah, it all goes very, very horribly, Pete Tong, in the second half, I'm afraid. Uh, one thing I actually... I, I just, I, I, you know, never want to miss out on the, on the opportunity for, a, for a, a joke, even though it's delayed by about five minutes. But on, <laughs> on, on the Black, uh, black programme cover, uh, uh, the club referred to the lunatic fringe... Uh, which you may have heard Jonathan talking about. They're they're not referring to my lockdown haircut. Uh, that's all I can say. But on push. Anyway, yeah. Sorry, I just thought I'd inject a bit of humour at the right time. We call it in my in my trade. We call it avoidance. There's a very good reason for it. Anyway, uh, yeah. It all goes very very Pete Tong in the second half. I'm afraid uh, because uh, poor old Steve Francis, who uh, you know up till now has been brilliant for us, uh, fumbles and in fact. Um, I'll, I'll let you into a little secret in a minute when we hear from Gary Chivers. But Francis fumbles uh, to let uh, uh, Archibald equalise and then Hoddle and Spurs basically ramp it up, show their class. Hoddle scores a great goal, makes it 2-1. And then Mickey Hazard, uh, later to be a Chelsea legend, <coughs> cough, uh, makes it 3-1. Um, th- you know, Alan Mays kind of makes the scoreline respectable 3-2, Dan. But, I mean... You know, we were we were second best second half yeah, by a long I mean, way, that, weren't we? They were second half where they knocked the ball about in midfield was just fantastic. I and mean, they got three goals in what fifteen minutes and you just saw how what a player Hoddle was, the way he just had so much time on the ball and that was it a free kick, wasn't it, the second goal? I think so, I can't just, remember. Yeah, smashed it in and then but 
because Mays pulled one back quite quickly, didn't he, after that third goal? From memory, he pulled a goal back almost immediately. But they're just, they controlled the game after that point. He just never really laid a glove on them after that. A minute later, for the record. Yeah, yeah. so disappointing. Because, you know, the high of Liverpool and then the absolute low of losing to Spurs. But the they, dream they goes. Were, yeah, the dream's gone like that. But they were they were great side. I mean, you saw how good Hoddle was. Um, Perryman, I remember, I think he was, had a Perryman was their man of the match, I think. I think he was brilliant at the back for them. Mm-hmm. It was just, you know, had that look, Miller, he was a decent player. Paul Miller, well. yeah, decent. I mean, player. Could, I mean Chris good, Hewton, good great fullback, wasn't he, Hewton? Yeah, good side. Good a side. great manager now as well. I mean, they went on to win the cup, J.K. Of course, beating QPR in the final. QPR, we were mentioning earlier on. But I mean, just just how abjectly disappointing was it leaving the ground that day? Well, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, that, because May scored so soon, there was once again that hope. Oh, that was tw- 22 minutes left. Yeah. So you're not going to leave that. You don't leave that. You hang around and just hope that there's going to be another goal. But I think, uh, as Dan said, I think they were they were very much in control of it. So they mm. didn't let us have a sniff. Mm. Um, uh, but, you know, you, you, you accept, don't you? You're disappointed, but accept knowing that they're, they're a decent side. I mean, they were, uh, I'll say it again, Archibald was a terrific forward. And they had our Diaz, who was just um, uh, sublime, Great sublime player. skills. And even uh, Garth Crooks was a decent player. Yeah. Before so, his head uh, became the size of a basketball. Yeah. Yes, indeed. I mean, Archibald went to Barcelona, didn't he, not long after? He did, he did. Yeah. He did. Yeah. He was, uh, and that was, 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 was the last good Spurs team, I think, before sort of Poch came on board. But they didn't have a weak link anyway, as far as no, I can also, I think the thing he, is... Even yeah. that, was they had Tony Galvin on the wing, he was terrific. Didn't player. they, didn't they yeah. win the, the uh, Cup Winners' Cup? Or the, the, year Waffa, after. the Waffa Cup around the same time? They did, I think the year after they had... Yeah, yeah. They won on penalties at home, didn't they? And a Tony yeah. Parkson goal. Yeah. Hey ho! So it was all very disappointing. Um, you know what I said a minute ago about Steve Francis? Well, Gary Chivers spoke to us on the Chelsea special, and he he mentioned uh, what was up with Steve Francis. Very interesting. Listen to this. Just before half time, and Mickey Fields smashed the ball in mm. past Ray Clements. Was brilliant. But on on the day, they had Hoddle. the likes of Hoddle. Yeah, Hoddle was a different gear. I think Archibald played. Yeah. Uh, Garth Crooks. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Hoddle had a good game. Though. Yeah, yeah, he had a good game. But and, we, we didn't play it, badly. We, 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 we did all right. We, we, I think I have to say that the the goalkeeper. I always blame the goalkeeper. And anyway, I don't like goalkeepers. But I, <laughs> he, he uh, I think I think the occasion. I think the occasion yeah. got to him a little bit. Yeah, you know, he was nervous before the game. He weren't. He was a nervous. You could just tell. Yeah, you just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Shame. So there you go. I mean, you, you know, it's hardly surprising, really. 17-year-old kid. I think anybody would have been nervous under those circumstances. But what a shame. It was his kind of fumble that led to the first goal. But there you go. The dream was over. Uh, and actually, so was the season, pretty much, of course, once our interest in the Cup waned. Uh, we celebrated that fact by four straight defeats. Uh, the, the Chelsea way. Uh, it's a Chelsea thing, I think, isn't it, Jonathan, is what yeah. we would say these days. Uh, yes, so there we go. Just to, for the record, I'm trying to trying to find it now. I'm going blind as a bat. Right, there you go. Well, we beat Leicester 4-1 on the next match, so it wasn't all that bad. And then we lost to Barnsley, lost to Palace. Interesting, Leicester were one of the other um, they went up. teams in the, in the FA Cup, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. So we, we beat Leicester 4-1. We lost, Alan May scored. Alan okay. May scored again. We lose to Barnsley. Yeah. We lose to Crystal Palace. Guess what? We lose to Rotherham at home 4-1. So their aggregate thus far is 10-1. Not bad. Uh, and then we lose to Newcastle United 1-0 away, which is like 
massively strange. That never normally happens, as we know. We always, always beat Newcastle. Right, so a couple of notable games to kind of wrap up uh, the 1981-1982 season. The first, of course, is Crystal Palace away on April the 12th, as my memory serves, without even having to refer to my notes. Uh, Famous not because uh, we kind of scraped a 1-0 win, I do believe, if I can find my... My stuff. No, it was a uh, yes. It was. It was a one yeah, nil. It was a one nil. Yeah, not because we scraped a one nil win. Not even because it was arguably the worst performance by Alan Mays in a Chelsea shirt ever, uh, who conspired to shoot over the bar from about three yards out. No, this is the match, uh, which is great in one reason because it was the debut of Paul Cannaval as a as a, a mate of ours, of course, good mate of ours. Uh, his first uh, appearance in a Chelsea shirt, his debut. Great. Great that it's the first black player for Chelsea, but never remembered for that. Always remembered for the awful, awful, awful booing he got from his own fans that day, JK. Oh, horrendous, horrendous, which was to be repeated every single time he played, unfortunately. It was. And, it was. Um, and uh, yeah, he uh, he dealt with it really well, but it was ultimately to be... Um, um, uh, is being sold by the club was something I never understood. Um, yeah. uh, and I was a bit naive, I think, at the time. Um, but yeah, the whole, the, the way that black players were treated was absolutely appalling. Disgusting. Yeah, it was disgusting. Yeah. I remember I was, I met him, I think we come up to a stand for British to do something. He was, he was coming through and he had like, he looked so cool, like roll neck, I remember sexually roll neck jacket, big, so roll neck, big leather jacket. I came to golf porn, he was like, you want my autograph? I guess, please, yes, please. I think he's so conditioned that people wouldn't want to engage with him at the time. He was so surprised that this kid wanted his autograph. I was like, oh, yeah, please have an autograph, Paul. Please, please. And he was like, yeah, he signed it away. But you could tell there was, you know, condition. He's so conditioned to expect, expect the yeah. worst. Yeah. yeah. Which is such a sad indictment on, on yeah. society. And he was such then. a fine player as well. He was a great player, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was brilliant. Yeah. Shame back. He did his knee at Reading, didn't he? He never really yeah. came back. No. Indeed, I mean we've got to know Paul very well over the over the last few years. I'm I'm privileged to say, really, he's a he's an absolutely lovely bloke, uh, and uh, it's a it's a very you know it's a very bad mark on on Chelsea's history that. But uh, yeah, if though if if you were there, I mean I wasn't there obviously. I presume neither of you two were at the away game. No, no. no. I mean we know Kelvin was, and Kelvin writes very eloquently, and I think in his book Celery. By the way, I should, it's a good time to plug. Kelvin's book, Celery Represented Chelsea in the 80s. It is the Bible for Chelsea in the 80s. Kelvin's knowledge is encyclopedic, as you will find out as he appears on this this show during the the 80s bits. Uh, but he writes about it, I think, very eloquently and with, a, and with a shame that I think a lot of us really should carry about that. But as I said, uh, Canners lives to fight another day and actually proves what a bloody good player he was. And also, uh, actually converts most of the Chelsea fans to his side because of his his brilliance and his efforts. So fair play to Canners, of course. Uh, the last match I want to mention in the 81-82 season is just mind-boggling. Uh, not, not for any significant reason at all, apart from the fact it was our penultimate uh, league match. We're, we're currently in 10th position. Sorry, it was our penultimate match at home. So it wasn't the last match of the season. We then played Luton at home after that. Luton go up that season and then we finish off with a 1-1 draw 
<clears throat> against Blackburn Rovers. This was the penultimate match on the 5th of May, where Chelsea played a 2-2 draw against our old friends with the falling wall, Leighton Orient. And the attendance for this match... Now, before I ask this... OK, I'll just put it like this way. Were you two, two of the uh, 6,000... Uh, I've now lost the flaming statistics. 6,009. Yeah, it was 6,009, wasn't it? Were you two of the 6,000... In fact, if you two hadn't have turned up, would it have been 6,007? Yeah, yeah. So you were both there. Yeah. That's the lowest... Nine- I wouldn't have been there because it was a midweek. My dad probably was there, though. So you weren't there. So it's all your no. fault, then. You could have made it yeah. 6,010. 6, much more sort of... 6,010 has got much more into it. It does, not it? I mean, the reality... That is the lowest attendance ever for a league match at Stamford Bridge, Jonathan. Yes. Even after the uh, the no, uh, closed stadiums later. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, well I, okay. I mean, that's. Fine. Oh no, sorry, Pinnickety. Yeah. 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 I think we had a seven thousand in a League Cup game under Porterfield that I was present where Joe Allen scored, because I remember shouting out, "I hate you, Allen," and it reverberated around the whole of the ground, and I got an enormous laugh because <laughs> he'd fallen over again in front of goal. And, that, uh, that Wimbledon goal was a full storm, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> but. Um, I'd done it. In a, I, I'd done it terribly seriously. It was kind of boy, aren't you, Alan? So, what was it like, J.K., with six thousand people oh, rattling around Stamford Bridge? Oh, it, was just, it was like watching a game at the moment on the box with the sound off, yeah. with the fake crowd off. It was absolutely similar. It was really, really similar. I mean, because you got you got the the shed. Everybody in the shed would be. They were under the shed mostly. It spread around. Nobody at all in the away end. No, well, about eight, eight you know, a um, Orient fans or something. Um, uh, there must be more than that. There was always a dribble. Even when you hardly got anybody in, there were always about 15 or something. And and you could tell that they weren't going to be intimidated because you'd have a few police standing around them. But it was almost not, not worth it to go and... There'd probably uh, be more police than fans, fight. mate. It, well, there were, but they always get... Just in case they'd have a few standing around because this was an era where there weren't stewards, of course, and everybody paid for the police and then decided the best thing was to do was to get stewards and who the fans could try and get friendly with or who were um, less expensive than the police, um, particularly mounted police who were always brought in for um, any possibility of, uh, of bother. That would be outside. But in many instances, of course, the mounted police would be involved in the inside of the ground and they go onto the pitch to to uh, attempt, if the, if the fans are on the pitch, to attempt to, to corral them in some way to stop them from from rampaging but um uh yeah it was and, and around you it was well i suppose i think what happened in those occasions was that the the attendance in the in the east stand was actually quite you know decent probably most of the people were made up of of east stand because you had your season ticket you know you got the ticket you might as well go you've paid for it go and watch them and you're and you're there with some mates you know so um uh, i always felt that was an incentive you've got the ticket you know, you might see a different performance. It might be something that would, they might give a debut to somebody for the following year. There was always that possibility. And um, I've never been one to not attend if the team haven't been doing well. I would always go and watch my team regardless of the situation. So... Uh, in fairness, in that period, you didn't have much choice. Okay. <laughs> Indeed. But yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's that's a low ebb, I think. I mean, there were no mitigating yeah. circumstances, were there, JK? I mean, you know, there, there have been low I, attendances because of ra- rail strikes and things or bad not weather. That, not that I remember at all. Well, I, I didn't live that far away, actually, Chidge, so, didn't, you know, I could I could stumble down there. I could... So there you go. So that was uh, 1981 to 1982. Uh, you know, we eventually uh, finish up in 12th position which uh we did the previous season so I, I suppose one can say we were consistent um there's a couple of other really interesting things i just kind of dot the i's and cross the t's i mean clive walker ends up being the top scorer with 17 uh the wonderful wonderful colin pates uh really does come into his own this season he he tops the appearances at 52 uh mickey fillery is voted player of the season uh which as we all said, I mean, he, on his day, was a very class player. Um, the couple of things that I want to address here, uh, starting first with uh, what happened in March. Uh, basically, we were so bankrupt, basically out of money, that Barclays, our bankers, uh, basically stopped the monthly uh, salary payments so that the players weren't getting paid. And I, when I spoke to Gary Chivers on the Chelsea special, he was really quite forthcoming about this. There is a background to all this, isn't there? And that's the the instability of the club, the lack of money we had. I mean, we were in a dire situation financially. And I was reading that, uh, you know, in in March 82, the bank actually stopped the salary payments coming through. So you lot weren't getting paid. Is that true? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Receivership's a possibility. Bridge is under threat of being sold. Got all the save the bridge going on. I mean... Everything. If you're having a play with all of that, I mean, you're not daft. You know what's going on, right? Well, we didn't get uh, we didn't get paid, or we was late getting paid by about two weeks. Yeah. And I think the chairman uh, sat us all down and mm. said, like, we are we're up the creek without yeah. the paddle at the moment. Was that the Mears? Yeah. Yeah. Would you yeah. put a bit of blame on them, bad management? I, I, well, it, you know, they, they went out and got the the stand, didn't they? They got the stand up, and yeah. maybe they should. You either invest on the pitch. Or, or in, in the ground, and I think at the time, obviously, I think they chose wrongly. They should have been investing on the pitch, yeah. and, and then then later do the the ground. Well, that's a, that's nearly ten years. We're talking eighty-two here. Yeah, they, almost ten years after they built the stand. But I suppose the up and down Division One, yes. Division Two, Division One, Division Two is not going to help the finances. So no. they never really got a chance to put that right. And if you knew you was half decent, you'd be sold. Yeah, Ray. Ray. Yeah. If we could have kept if we could have kept hold of Ray. Yeah. You know. And a lot of that young side that came up through the mid seventies. Yeah. I mean you, you know, people like you, of course. Yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Would you have known much about this boys? I think weirdly I would have done because my dad was given He was he worked for Barclays. No, no, he was given oh, no, a print. No. He was given a print by a client as a present. It was basically a flat football with Chelsea in the football and Barclays on the pump. Ooh, pump Ooh, priming. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know pump, Barclays pumping football money into Chelsea. I said, like, oh, what's that about? He goes, oh, something about the money and stuff like that. It was a really lovely black and white picture of the bicycle pump being Barclays Bank and the flat ball being Chelsea. Well, well. It was an interesting season from financially for other aspects of it. It was the electronic scoreboard that we we, we had no idea. Oh, yeah. um, it, it, was, it was so sort of... Weird. It had little figures. Chelsea scored would leap up and down on it. Um, really badly last week. You really badly. Yeah. It was. It was strangely inept as a kind of technological creation. Kind of snake it was, on it was supposed it? to be state of the art, um, having these little figures cheering. And apparently, um, the idea was that it was supposed to be programmed with um, lots and lots of commercials, and that was what uh, it was leased for. But 
there were very few people willing to give any money to the club to to have any of their advertisements on the scoreboard and it was being leased anyway so Chelsea just gave it back oh. so uh it and then ran out of money to put in the meter mate yeah Did it was it was like that but because I remember going along and saying that what's happened to the scoreboard? It's gone. <laughs> Didn't that. some Leeds fans or someone try to burn it down at one point as well? That's a different one. A couple different of years one, later. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. So we're in a parlour state, and I basically the Mears, the Mears families. Well, I mean, it's kind of come to an end already. Although Viscount Biscuits, sorry, Viscount Chelsea's now <laughs> running affairs. But in April 1982, uh, Father Christmas, Captain Birdseye himself, Mister Ken Bates, buys Chelsea Football Club for. Only a pound. So there you go. Do you do you have any remembrance of Bates taking over, J.K.? Was it a thing? I, I do. We would just be amused that it cost him a quid. Well, it was basically buying off the debt, wasn't he? No, I know, I know. But we we I I didn't know anything about that. I was a, a callow youth. I didn't know that's what you did. So what were you saying? You say you mean Chelsea's only worth a pound? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I thought at the time. What's that about? Yeah. And I think my dad said. Uh, well, no, it's not like that. It's it's the debt of it. Well, what does that mean? You know. Anyway, and I went back to uh, to uh, playing my music and um, trying to go out with the girl down the road. You know. Well, I mean, oh. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because it 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 it, it throws up a theme that's going to be a really interesting undercurrent for the next few weeks when we do this. That Chelsea's finances are still parlous, even though Ken Bates has bought it, but all he's done is bought off the debt. He's not really putting yeah. the money in. Secondly, it brings next season sharply into focus about how close Chelsea are about going on out of business. And also also factors in the fact that we don't own the ground anymore because it's been hived off to SB and and, and some of the Mears family and la, 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 la. So it's very interesting. So it was a real um, um, speculative gesture from Ken yeah. to get involved in it. But he obviously, um, which is something seem, people seem to forget when they paint him as being a, uh, a rather strange individual that um, uh, he set about rescuing the club. He did, and, yeah. and uh, huge kudos is uh, is necessary to be given to him for well, doing it. Well, he he he. I think certainly this season buying it, and of course what we'll find out next season, you can make a very strong case for saying he saved the club, oh, and and he definitely. did it. He did it again many many years later. Anyway, <laughs> let's just wrap up. Uh, Eighty-one, eighty-two. Shall we? Really? Um, you know, Dan. Where where does this kind of season rank in your memory? Um, it's in Portugal. It's my first time, first season, first time. Teenage slightly was sad after my grandpa died, but I think it was just the first time I really got into Chelsea. Went to pretty much every single game from January onwards, and it was probably the really the start of my adventure. So it's got some, you know, crap football with some good memories. Warm and fuzzy, and a bit weird. Yeah, bit, a bit like me, story mate. Story of my life. Yeah. yeah, there we go. Jonathan, how about you? I mean, you know, you, you've been a, a, you know, you've outlasted all of the players that we started talking about in 1970. <laughs> you're, you're a mainstay of this particular series, so you've got quite, and of course, you've been going since the early 60s. So you've got a really interesting perspective on this in terms of where this particular season ranks with you. Um, underachieving. Um some good performances from some young players, but they are only playing in the second division. Um, seem to be the seeds of organisation. Um, but once again, the terrible inconsistency. Um, I mean, Clive Walker uh, was could be excellent um, and he played 40 times in the season, but um, clearly wasn't as good as he could have been because 
Uh, I always thought that if he'd played in a better club, he could have possibly played for England um, because he had moments of just great um, ability to ghost past a player and put in a fantastic shot. But whether um, he was dragged down or whether he was as interested or whether he was actually that good, we never found out. He seemed to settle for that level. Um, as I said, Rofe hardly played, uh, which was such a disappointment. Um, Graham Wilkins was never good enough full back slightly grown whenever he got, got into the side. Um, uh, interesting to see Mickey Nutton come in at centre-back, who was actually a decent player. So once again, there was always this feeling you were going to go on with these players for the following seasons. You thought, I've actually done well, they've done well. And, and he didn't, he didn't. I think he formed a partnership with um, Sitton the following season, but that they didn't fill themselves with great, uh, um, uh, what's the word? Um, gusto, no, wrong word. Um, uh, honor, no, you know, they weren't very good, basically. Mays, the very fact that Mays played uh, 42, 42 games, games. 42 Jesus. games for four goals. Just... Scored, well, he scored, no, he, well, he scored 16 goals. Just 16 mate. goals. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I mean, yes. you know, he was one off being top scorer. Clive Walker was 17, was top scorer. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. But uh, uh, nonetheless, he, he, it was the glaring, his reputation was such, it was the glaring misses. Yeah. And you just thought if he'd, if he'd, actually been a better forward he'd have scored 30 mm. but he just the and, and that the end of that to, what was it the was it the palace game when he just every, all the crowd just gave him the bird so much yeah. because he just missed goal after goal and the final one was the, the, the in three yards blazing it over the bar jesus it was it was like watching Kalu at his best that was yeah. um and um gary lock as i've said before 39 39 uh, um appearances um Similarly, I think in a better team, he'd have done better. He was a really terrific player. But, uh, um, you know, just, yeah. It, it wasn't the sum of its parts. You thought they should have done better, these players. Chris Hutchings, I liked as a fullback, looked pretty good. But I think really that was his level. Same with Kevin Hales, only played 15 times. Francis took over from Barota, terrific goalkeeper for being for someone so young. And uh, Mickey Fillory, um, 48 never ever achieved what you really thought he ought to have achieved you know he was he was a terrific player but then would the next game just wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't be taking part you know i think so. I, I i agree with a lot of what you say i mean I, I, a slightly different perspective on it i mean you know i don't think this was by any means our worst season i mean we'll go next i think you know let's let's there's no point in teasing everybody knows what happened i think next season is arguably our worst season of all time it certainly yeah, is statistically yeah. we finished you know just a few short of dropping into division three i actually think the previous season was way worse than this we 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 looked absolutely hopeless rudderless we're losing all those games in a row as well those nine games not and... not scoring for as long scoring. as we did yeah. i mean for me yeah. that was the that was the nadir 80 81 was the nadir even next season which is worse statistically i i didn't feel as bad about 82 83 as I did about eighty eighty one. What I think is interesting about this season is, as we've alluded to this earlier on, is that it's you can tell it's a transitional season, and I think you've made this point a couple of times, both of you, that you could see that John Neal is working it out. You know, like working out Peter Barotta, you're shit. I don't want yeah. you as my goalkeeper. Yeah. Steve Francis is my man. Colin Pate's making such a huge impact. I mean, Colin would go on to be a mainstay of Chelsea and the captain under the Neil era and a little bit beyond. Um, 
you know, phasing certain players out. I mean, Ian Britton only gets 19 games this season. Yeah, yeah. Bummer's unlucky, only playing 29 because he's injured. But bringing in the likes of Canners, you know, that you can see that change, change is happening slowly, like a little cog going round. And you can yeah, see Gary that it's Tippers happening. was a decent player as well, actually. Well, he was, but John Neal didn't fancy him. No. Got, got rid of him the next season. I mean, Gary, I haven't included that clip, but Gary in the in the Chelsea special interview talks about that. that he said, John, John, just, John just didn't fancy me. So off he went. He went to Brighton, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Colin Lee, I think, a high point of the season. Played 49 games, scored 12 goals. Great little player, you know. But that, for me, there is... There, <laughs> You can see that there are green shoots here. And, of course, you know, overarching all of this, you know, even for me who wasn't there, I remember this season absolutely unequivocally for beating Liverpool in the FA Cup. You know, I mean, Dan and I discussed this at length, didn't we, on your your edition of My Chelsea. You know, and I said it in the interview with Colin and, and Gary, I think that has to go down as one of the greatest wins of Chelsea's history. To be in the trouble that they were and to beat the European champions in the fifth round of the FA Cup, I mean, that's nuts. If this, if that was any other... T- it's like Bradford beating Chelsea under Mourinho. Yeah. I mean, it's just... That, for me, has got to be one of the greatest wins of our history. Dan? I think if you look at the circumstances surrounding it, it might arguably be our greatest well, win, there we go. circumstantially. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what I'm saying, you know. Yeah. And that, that's what I'll always remember this, this season for, and, of course, losing 6-0 to Rotherham. Because that is just you weren't so... there, you weren't proper Chelsea. Well, I wasn't there. No, and I mean, you, we, you may joke about this, but, you know, you, I don't know if you've ever met Phil, Psycho Phil. You probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times, yeah. Stu's you know, dad. Stu and Chris's dad, yeah. yeah. He used to say this to me all the time. He said, you're not proper Chelsea, you weren't at Rotherham away, mate. And I mean, <laughs> in, a, in a funny old sense, he has a point. And but I think we took 3,000 that day, we didn't did. we? I bet you there, if you ask how many people were there, there'd be about 9,000. Oh, definitely. But I think yeah. for anybody who's listening, and I know there are plenty who will be listening to this, who were at Rotherham away, you have my unadulterated respect and admiration because I think you, of all people, can truly say that you were there when we were shit. And I think that is the perfect note to end it on. Uh, Jonathan and Dan, you've been, as always, tremendous. I've really enjoyed tonight. Thank you. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.